again welcoming everybody to our gathering here. I see, morning, morning, yeah, hello. <laughs> um, I see a few empty chairs. Uh, you think we can get some of them filled up by next week? Nah. <laughs> you didn't even believe it yourselves. What are you talking about? <laughs> you think we could get a few of them filled up by next week? Yeah. Guess, guess which ones are going to be filled up next week? The ones you're coming in to sit. <laughs> so not only will you come, but you also will, will invite somebody to our second worship in Advent. And um, the idea is not for them to come Presbyterians. The idea is for them to have a connection with God as they journey in their life. Uh, or at least question or at least have an encounter with a divine creator who, who, who is in charge, but not all of us are aware of it. And that's okay. Um, I want to thank all of you who helped in developing the many different stars. Uh, you guys were awesome. One of the, the, my tests for myself is uh, every time I get into one of these M&M worship series. Now, M&M, right? Meaningful and? Meaningful and memorable worship series. Uh, the first one, I did it all. I was introducing the concept, the idea. The second one, I did little less. The third one, I did nothing. And I came back and I cried because you guys got it. Silly me. <laughs> I flew from the airport, came in Saturday, said, oh, thank God. oh, my God, how beautiful. Oh, my God, they got it. Silly. Silly stuff. But I'm, I'm a crier. Just don't let you know that often. Uh, but this one, you know, when we got into the stars back in August, stars, stars. Well, this is the idea. The, the worship series that we're embarked, as you see in your worship guide, in the cover of your worship guide, is, is called, What Child Is This? It is based on the classical hymn, What Child Is This?, which we will be singing, and we will be having a special performers. <gasps> I ruined it. Surprise. Special performers playing the song in different ways for our enjoyment and our own spirituality. But we're also not finishing with what child is this. We're also asking the question, what child is this? And we're almost answering the question with the idea, what child is this? Child of odd and awe. When we had our worship party, uh, I asked the question, what kinds of things bring awe and inspiration to us? Many people said several things, but one person said the stars. How about odd? The stars. So we chose the stars as our, our anchor image. Remember last year it was what? Hearts. Because the theme was love came down on Christmas. So we pray to the Lord that the stars who led the old Magi up to the revelation of who that child was will also inspire us and guide us as we go not only through the teachings from the pulpit, but from the teachings on Sunday morning and Wednesday for you to become more acquainted with that child of odd and awe. Let us then pay attention to scriptures as I will read the classic story from the chapter from Luke in which Luke describes the birth of Jesus Christ. Uh, typically, we all start at that moment when we are uh, seeking inspiration for messages. We go to the Word of God first of all. That's a bad habit that I love to have. And yeah, and then we wait for the Lord to, to speak to our hearts, to our spirit. And if you remember the first Christmas that we were here, we had the, the, the whole, I remember, Anne, that, that we had the series, Who Was There? And on Christmas Eve, we had the table filled with all of our pictures. 
Well, this was the phrase that inspired that. Listen to, to and for the word of the Lord. That's not the sermon. Here's the sermon. I found it. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I had to wing it. This is the phrase that inspired that first season. That night, there were their shepherds staying in the fields nearby. And I stopped and prayed, Lord, who else was there? And we celebrated that season. But the word continues. Guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. And the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, to say the least. But the angel reassured them, saying, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angels were joined by a vast host of other angels, the armies of the heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, they, the, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this uh, thing that has, been, that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing this, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about that child. What child is this? What child is this that even the skies open up to announce its birth? What child is this? You know how many other children were born on that same night? He wasn't the only child born that, that evening. He wasn't the only child born that even hour. He wasn't even the only child perhaps born in that minute around the world. But what child is this that the heavens are open, the angels declare the, uh, to, to the lowest of the low of what God is about to do? What child is this that promises to upset and change not only the structure of the world, but even our lives? What child is this? Child of odd. And awe. Well, in this M&M series, I, I, I am planning to share with you uh, uh, some of the aspects of uh, uh, the contradictions of what child is this. Contradictions and juxtapositions. Because when this child promises love, we find hate. When this child promises peace, we find contention. When this file promises, when this child promises faith, we find doubt. When this child promises hope, we experience despair. In this Eminem worship, our anchor uh, image is the stars as we have hung up here and some are coming up. Oh, 
that light turned on? <laughs> Do you see what I see? Uh, it, it, it moves and changes colors too. But in this series, the stars are going to be our focus. The stars are going to be our focus. And, and, and we want to use them, again, as I said earlier, as the old star of Bethlehem who guided the old wise men. And they were led to find an amazing child. But not only are we going to be guided by the stars, but if you notice, you're in tables, not in row chairs. So that means that we're going to be having uh, uh, interactions. We're going to be interactive. Actually, right now, if one of you in your table uh, allows themselves to take the lead, and you see those doilies in there in the baskets, could one of you go ahead and put the little stringy things to go on the Christmas tree later on? Go ahead. One of you at each table, you can go ahead and put the little metal thingies that go on that, like, I don't know, the hanger for the Christmas ornament. Okay? Very good. And, and, and I believe that we can multitask, that we can listen and do that little thing, okay? Because not, uh, not only is it, this series go, uh, going to be symbolically provocative, we hope that it is interactive, we hope that it is spiritually energetic, and we actually hope that you experience some kind of transformation in your life. Because what child is this should speak to every one of our hearts because we're speaking of the child of Bethlehem, the child of peace, Today, in the first Sunday in Advent, those of you who are not familiarized with this wreath here, this is called a wreath of Advent. And what it basically reminds us is the four Sundays right before Christmas. So every Sunday before Christmas, we light one of these candles, and we are reminded of what child is this? And today, I want to start talking about what child is this, child of Odd peace and awesome peace. What kind of peace is being delivered, spoken by the prophets, and proclaimed by Jesus Christ? Is it the peace that you and I can figure out by getting out in our car into the mountains or going to resorts or going to cities like I like to do and explore? Is that the peace that Jesus is talking about? Is that the peace that the King of Kings is going to bring to us? Is it a kind of peace that we can work out ourselves and we can find that ideal candle, that ideal water feature, that ideal spa experience? Is that it? I beg to differ. You see, anxiety is experiencing in life. In a life full of anxiety, peace is often missed and yet desired. In a life that's full of confusion, peace is elusive and rare. In a life that is despondent and depressed, peace is unheard of. In a life that is fooled by disappointments and frustration, peace is not found or too expensive to even think of it. Fear, in a life full of fear, peace is not affordable. In a life full of guilt, peace is not attainable. In a life full of shame, peace is not spoken or even expected. In a life of damaged relationships, peace sometimes seems to be too far and far away. So what peace is this that, that we are talking about? What peace is this that Jesus talks about? What peace is this that the prophets were announcing way before that he was going to be the prince of 
peace. What peace is he talking about? Is this the kind of peace that does not depend on circumstances? Is this the kind of peace that is not lack, that basically it's not lack of conflict, pain, sacrifice, or frustration? Because life includes frustration. Life includes pain. Life includes conflict. And Jesus is talking about that there is a life, there's a level of peace that goes beyond all of that. Actually, later on we're going to see that whole formula that Paul describes and summarizes to us in Philippians. You see, this kind of peace is not the lack of problems, it's not the lack of complications, it's not the lack of challenges or inconveniences. It goes above and beyond that. You see, in the text that we find the peace of God in Philippians chapter 4, look what it says. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Sounds good, right? Well, right before it says, don't worry about anything. That's verse 7. Verse 6 begins with, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Huh? Well, let me be honest with you. I've tried it. I've tried it. And, and, and what I figured out is that there's a formula here. There's a formula that talks about uh, if I pray and I thank God, I should have peace. Isn't that what I just read? How many of you have tried that? Doesn't work. Thanks for your honesty. Thank you, because it doesn't work for me either. Thank you. Oh, God, I'm not alone. It's a good feeling. This was tough because, I mean, a formula, it says, if it, let me send the verse again. Where is it? Back here. It says, don't worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, give thanks to God let your request be known to God. And, and then the piece of, but it doesn't work. You know why? Because of, of, of our technology-driven minds and hearts. Thank you. Segway into it, you see? We have a bad habit as individuals when we approach spirituality. We love formulas, right? Don't we love to do numbers and make sure everything fits everything uh, madam, treasurer, yeah. Don't we love when, when we have a formula for your job, this amount of whatever weight, you know, in this space should not create any explosion. That's what she deals with. <laughs> See, but guess what? Eh. Just do it again. Eh. It just doesn't work. You see? The Word of God is the Word of God. And our tendency, our human tendency, is to bring it down to a formula where we can work things out and then we're in control. Mm -mm. The Word of God is about the triune God who lives, dwells, and hangs out with us. And it is in the hanging out. 
it is in knowing more about God. It is in walking down the path with the Lord. And that takes time. That takes nurturing. That takes dedication. It is when you actually sit, and like my favorite song says, and I sit down and wait a while for you to come and sit with me. It is in those moments that then we find the true peace that passes all understanding. It's a peace that passes all understanding. So us trying to work it with our logic makes no sense because it passes all understanding. Hello. It doesn't make any sense for us to try to figure it out, for us to try to make that kind of peace. Now, we can create it, but guess what? We can experience it and we can identify it. That we can do. How many of you have had a crisis situation and suddenly you find yourself, oh my gosh, what's wrong with me? Why am I so okay? Anybody has had that? At some moments, yeah. Now, psychologists will say it is a shock experience. And guess what? It is okay. God uses even shocking experiences to cover our souls. Our, what does the verse say? Let's go back. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, it's not logical, we cannot create it, we cannot make it up. That peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard what? Your hearts, your feelings, your mind, your thoughts. In Christ Jesus. So in those little circles that you see, I want you to write a prayer. You see, Jesus said very clearly, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. How many of you consider yourselves children of God? Let me see everyone's hand here. Because if you don't raise your hand, yeah, you, then you are whether you know it or not. Okay. So, let's be peacemakers. There is peace needed where? We talked about Syria, right? There is peace needed. How about our hearts? Peace in our minds, right? Write down those peace things. If you wrote one down, there are plenty. There should be 110 of those little thingies around. Uh, there are 110 chairs. Next week, we should have more people, okay? So, um, so go ahead and fill out, you know, prayer for what? Do, do you know people that need peace in their lives? Just write their name. Do you know someone in your table that could benefit from a prayer of peace? Of course. And we'll do that soon. Peacemakers are people who stop blaming others. Peacemakers are people who just don't care why, but they care what for. To bring unity. And if you have placed that prayer, whether it is peace for your own heart, peace in your own relationships, peace in your own family too, that happens. Write it down and take it to our prayer tree. We have that tree back there where we're going to be hanging our prayers throughout every one of these activities. Now, next week, our activity is going to be Holy Communion in the table. But today, go ahead and write. Your prayer is private, personal. You don't have to put your name in it. I see somebody who does Christmas trees, so they're going way above, covering the air, the hose. <laughs> but go ahead and hang that prayer, and, and, uh, and, and the Lord listens to all those prayers, especially if you wrote it, if you thought it in your heart, 
is your prayer. And as the musicians come back and, and we get together to sing our theme hymn of what child is this? Let's remember this child offers a kind of peace that is not logical, is not, can't be created by, by us, but it is found in our constant relationship and hanging out with Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace. What child is this? Let's stand together. Dear Lord, we, we have heard you speak to our hearts individually through the voice of the weird accent man. We thank you that you are with us, that you live within us. We thank you that you start it all with us in most weird and amazing ways, odd ways. We find ourselves in, in, in your garden. We find ourselves in your grove. We find ourselves in your house. And we are surprised and amazed by your mercy, by your grace, by your unconditional acceptance 
of each one of us who really know we don't deserve to be there. But little by little, you show us that we are deserving not because of us, but because you loved us first. And you want us to make us a little bit closer to Jesus, your beloved son, who lived with us and taught us many things. Lord, we, we pray for the brothers and sisters in our congregation who are ill. We pray for their families. We pray for their healing, for their prosperity in every way as their soul prospers also. We pray for these communities, teachers and schools. We pray for those seeking employment. We pray for those, oh God, in despair, in lack of hope, that you would fill them with hope. And the way you're going to do it, you're going to use us. So here we are. Use us, oh God, to touch lives in our community, not to be consumers and be self-satisfied in church and I did it and it's done, but to come here and be filled, encouraged, challenged, and stretched to go touch and make a difference wherever we go and wherever we are. We ask you, oh God, to continue to bless this small community expression of your kingdom. And though we are few here, we are gathered at this moment with the billions of saints of all times and all nations and all periods in history, worshiping you and, and lauding your grace by glory, glory, and glory. And we thank you as we did this last week. And we hope that Thanksgiving does not become a day, but becomes a lifestyle of acciones de gracias of ways in which I will act out my gratitude to you, O oh God, for your grace. Again, we thank you for Jesus who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debts. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the glory and the glory forever. Amen.